Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus. Maybe you're carrying burdens into church this Easter, and you'd say, God, I have this thing. Can you resurrect new life here? Yeah, Jesus, we just turn all of our attention to you. It's not about a song. It's it's really not even about the service. It's about the one true living God. We love being with you. I love everybody that's in this room. And you died and rose from the dead to invite them into eternal life. And for those of us that have tasted and seen, we say you are good. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for your life. I'm so thankful for your death. I'm so thankful for your resurrection. I'm so thankful for your promises that are yes and amen. I'm so thankful for your steadfast love that endures through all generations. I'm so thankful that you are patient, that your mercy is new every day. And so if we've come in here today feeling far away from you, In the name of Jesus, would you draw every man and every woman and every child in this room to a new understanding, a revelation of the love of the Father. Bring us back home today, God. If we're Christians and we've been Christians since we were seven because mom and dad told us, make that new. I don't follow mom and dad, I follow Jesus. So these songs we sang, we sang them to you. And I pray, God, that you'd make all these words right now words to you. In Jesus' name. So church, I have a question, and if you're not liturgical, you don't know the answer, but it's just, he is risen indeed, okay? He is risen. risen I'm going to say it again, and I want you to like get some gusto in it. I want you to get it out of your abdomen a little bit. He is risen. And then I want you to turn to the left or right. I want you to do that exact same thing. One of you call, one of you respond to the person next to you, and then give them a hug. All right? Welcome to Cobblestone. I would ask you to do one thing. If there's like a a three chair gap because you really don't like strangers, can you close that gap? Uh, We just have a a few people standing in the back and people running late and we we know families sometimes want to sit together and we don't want to split them up. So if you can make room, make room. Uh, Welcome to Cobblestone. My name's Andrew. Um, This is it, man. Like people talk about Easter, but the, the reality is this. Yesterday, who was risen from the dead? A week ago, who was risen from the dead? A month ago, who was risen from the dead? And everything in Christianity rises and falls on this one thing. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, second person of the Godhead, he died. He was in the grave. He said no one took his life, but he laid it down for a purpose. 
for a specific reason, and then he was risen from the dead on the third day, which we remember right now. He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and he isn't just owed something. He is really the point of all of heaven's messages, one name, Jesus Christ. This isn't so much come here and get a better marriage, which I hope you have a great marriage. This isn't come here and get a little bit better life. This is come and get a brand new life from the living Son of God. And we trivialize Easter. And what I mean is, I get amped up at Easter, and I think you all do too, because I asked my daughter, she's a pastor, she's a PK. I was like, Grace, what should I tell them tomorrow? She's like, tell them God is good, and I like Easter eggs. And I was like, (laughs) I have to train you a little different. You know what I mean? So we get excited, and I I felt this pull this week to like, hey, let's just enjoy Easter. And and enjoying Easter is like, anybody's family going to get together in a long time? You haven't been all together, and you're going to get together, and you're excited about it? There's nothing wrong with that. Anybody legitimately, you're like, I'm actually kind of excited about Easter eggs. You say hard-boiled eggs? We get excited about, it's the same thing with Christmas, right? But as the people of God, we have one person. We have one thing that we herald that will actually satisfy. We have one name above all names that we are glad to say, he saved me and I belong to him and I want to revolve my life around this king. He is the living one and his gospel, his good news is the power of God for salvation to everybody that believes. And I know many of us in this room, we've already tasted, we have already know this Jesus, right? And so I, I have to kind of confess to you, there's a couple things that I, I really have started to not like. Number one, anybody love weddings? Like, you're just like, I just like to go to a wedding. A dude in the back just raised his hand, which is weird, but okay, love it. I love weddings, yes! Uh, I've also really started to hate these, these, these days that we have these expectations that I don't think they match God's. And what I mean is when I go to weddings, I get nervous when I do them. You want to know why? Because there's a lot of expectation. There's all these expectations that things happen a certain way. So if the bride expects a certain song, guess what's going to get played? certain song. If, if I say, hey, does Bill, but his name's Jeff, uh, that's, it gets weird, you know what I mean? And when you come to Easter and you have a people that for years they were told, really, yeah, it's about Jesus, but it's about family. Yeah, it's about Jesus, but it's about, let's have the, the kids have a good time. Yeah, it's about, Je- no, like, and that's where I get antsy and I have to like calm myself down. Because I have no problems with nasty eggs. I have no problem with family. God made those. But if we don't get Jesus, we miss the whole thing. And I don't mean like the concept of him. I want all of you. It's in our vision that we would be lovers of God that love other people into life-changing encounters with Jesus. And here's the reality. If Jesus Christ isn't alive right now, this is stupid. And I know some of you are like, Did he, is he mad? I'm not mad. It's just a fact. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, we are fools. We are still in our sin, and we have no hope. But Jesus is alive. But Jesus is alive. And we're going to talk about a statement today, and it's actually, this is the greatest statement that I can find in the Bible. He is not here, for he has risen. Many of you in this room, you've hung your whole life on that statement. 
all my eggs, Easter, are in that basket. Do you know what I mean? I have no other hope. I have changed the course of my life. I have given all that I am to that one statement. He is not in a grave. He's not over in Palestine. He's not in Israel in a tomb. They didn't steal his body. He's alive. And because he's alive, I can come to him in faith and go living Jesus, bring life into this dead man's body. And he did. And he does. And so we're gonna, I'm going to challenge you today to bring dead things to Jesus. Throughout the Bible, Jesus walked the earth and he would encounter people that were broken bodily, broken spiritually, demonically oppressed. And when he touched them, what happened? Life came. So let's do this thing. I want to read that, that first moment where the first human beings had this realization. Where they're like, oh, he's really not in there. He really is alive. And so if you have a Bible, go to Luke 24. We're going to read 1 to 12. If you don't have a Bible, along this wall, there's some blue ones. That's a gift to you if you don't have a Bible. And can we turn the lights up just a little bit for my weary-eyed folks who can't read in the dark? This is the moment that Jesus has died. He's in the ground. He's been there for three days. And they are kind of like mourning, and there's these women, and it's always the women with Jesus. They're the ones that go to the tomb in the morning. They're the ones that are going to put spices and herbs all around him to bless him and anoint his body in burial. And it says in Luke 24, verse 1, but on the first day of the week at early dawn. What day of the week is that? What day of the week are you on? So 2,000-ish years ago on a Sunday, some women went to a cold, kind of cool, misty garden where there was a tomb. And they expected to find a body. That's why they went there. They did not go there or preconceived that God was risen from the dead. They went there to find a body. And they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling, dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Which is just like, I love, this is, God pointed these two angels, was like, go tell them. And they're sitting there all dazzling, looking all angelic, right? And these women come in, and you'd be a little scared, I'd be a little scared, we'd probably pee our pants. We put our heads to the ground, and they go, why are you looking for the living where the dead are supposed to be? And then they announced that statement, he is not here, but what? He has risen. This is our message. Do you know that? This is what we believe, that he's not here, he's alive, which means I can talk to him right now and he hears me, that I can ask him to move in this room right now and he will, that he, he's interceding for me, that he is saving me, that he's ruling over all things, that he's the infatuation of heaven is not you or a thing on earth, it's the lamb, it's Jesus. He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, which I think is so fun because some of us today, you've heard this message. Church kids, where you at? Since you were seven years old, 
Mom and dad been putting on that Easter dress, be like, get to church. And some of you, you need to remember the words of Jesus. Some of you need to come back into, into the fold and go, okay, Jesus, I walked away for a little bit. I'm back here on Easter. I'm just gonna go back to my life tomorrow. And I want you to remember the words of Jesus that he came to seek and save those that were lost. To bring hope to hopeless things. To bring life to dead things. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who held, told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. That's what I would like to do with you for like a few short moments. Marvel. Anybody in the last month or so, maybe not even the last month, in the recent times marveled at something? It's, it's the jaw drop. It's the wow moment. Where maybe before you're just going about your life and then something beautiful happens and you like stand there in awe and you marvel at it. Church, we have a lot to marvel over. Like, and marveling is, it, it takes time, and in an instant gratification in American society, it's hard to marvel, because I tell you, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and half of you are like, I know. I know. I don't want to ever get over it. I don't want you to ever get over it. I want you to carry around the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your bodies till he resurrects you from the dead and you meet him in the, in the sky. This is the message. Jesus Christ, our savior, took my sin to the cross and was put into the ground. He died bodily and he rose bodily. These are things I say over my life. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and I believe in his rising, he bids me come and rise too. So where we are today, when we start to marvel, I start marveling with a, a series of questions. So if I was to sit with you at Taco Bell after this, the finest establishment for Easter dinner, and I was just to ask you the question, who is Jesus? Well, who do you say he is? And I know church kids are like, you could, king of kings, lord of lords, he's like, and, and he is, all those things. But think about what we're claiming. We're claiming the infinite creator God that is omnipotent, has all the power, omniscient, knows all things, omnipresent, everywhere at all times and knows all things, that spoke into existence all that ever was, his son, who is God in the flesh, did what? He died. The weight of that is lost on us. The weight that God himself sent his son, born of a virgin, walked the earth perfectly, and the plan from creation past is that that son would die a death that would free the whole world from their sins and bring them back to God. So church kids, let's trivia you. In the beginning was God or the word. If you're in John or Genesis, it's not you or me, right? It's God. God's there. And then God doesn't need anything. It's 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and this weird thing we call the Trinity, and we can't really explain it, but it's beautiful. There's relationship there. There's love there. It's God. And he begins to speak out of who he is, out of the joy of God and the love of God and the creativity of God. And he's like, where there wasn't land, now there's land. And where there wasn't grass, now there's grass. Everybody loves grass, right? And where there wasn't animals, now there's animals. And at the end of that creation, he creates who? Adam, and then Eve out of Adam. And he says, it's good. And then God proceeds to do a thing that we gets lost on us. He starts to walk through the garden with them in the cool of the day. Can you imagine walking with God? Actually walking with the creator of heaven and earth, the one that made you for himself. He created a people to be with him. And that sounds beautiful, doesn't it? I'd love to go to a garden, wear a loincloth, or maybe not anything at all, and walk with God. If you read it, that's what they were doing. They had no idea. There was no shame. There was no guilt. There was no death. There was no destruction. There was no breaking of relationship with the God that made me to know him. Nothing. It was perfect. It was pure, and it was good. Adam's just naming animals naked all day long. Like, that's a cool job. People are shaking their heads. That's what it, go read the Bible. Clothes don't get made until sin happens. They're eating good food, enjoying the presence of God, and they don't have a care in the world. And then in one moment of disobedience, one moment of don't eat that, you can have all this, but don't do that. That'll ruin you. It's ruined. And in the first Adam, you and I, as descendants of that one man, we face the same problem. That our, we were supposed to walk with God. We were supposed to be in the peace and the shalom of God. We were supposed to be in the provision of God, and yet we were removed from it. And some of you are here right now, and you're removed from all of it, but you have to come to Jesus, and then you're restored to it. So in Genesis 3, it's called the fall. I just picture it like, picture a beautiful painting. Man and God walking together, and all of a sudden it shatters and it's broken, and it's, there's just a disruption. And so God, right there in the beginning of all things, promises that he's going to do a few things, that he's going to crush the head of the serpent that lied and deceived the man and the woman, and he's going to make a way for men and women to come back to him. So if I had you repeating things, and I won't do it because it's Easter, you were made for God. And I would make you say, I, was, I am made for God. And I don't care if you were at Brick Street all night last night, I don't care where you came from or what your past is. You were made for God. You might not be living for God or with God right now, but you were made for him. And then you have this moment here, and you're like, what's this do? Well, this is who Jesus is. He's the God in the beginning who spoke all things into being, and then all of a sudden, he's born into a baby, helpless, needs a mom to feed him. He grows up. He lives a life that you and I, I've never done perfect. Anybody done perfect in this room? Anybody ever just like, you, you make a day perfect? Some of you are like, gold star for this guy. <laughs> There's no perfect humans in this room. There's only one perfect human that's ever walked the earth, and his name's Jesus. And he did it perfectly, and he obeyed God perfectly, and he walked with his father, and then he, in perfect obedience, did what we are celebrating. He went and he died. 
and they thought all hope was lost. So picture Jesus. I don't know how you picture him. If you want to picture Jonathan Rumi from uh, The Chosen, you want to picture old white Jesus from the Jesus films, if you want to picture, I don't care, just picture Jesus, right? Here he comes up to you and he says, come follow me. What do you say? Some of you are like, yes, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> follow me. And you follow him for three years and everywhere you go, he starts touching people and they get healed. And you're like, and everywhere he goes, he starts teaching about this kingdom of God that doesn't belong here on earth. It belongs to his Father in heaven, and he's bringing the rule and reign of God. Everywhere he goes, he's breaking fish, and all of a sudden, there's not one fish or three fish. There's a lot of fish. Right now, if I just had pancakes and was like, you'd be like, you'd notice, right? He starts talking to them about, hey, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to die when I get there. And they start rebuking the Son of God. No, that that never happened. Because what they thought was going to happen is he was going to get on a big, white, strong horse with a big sword, and he was going to start killing Romans. Because they didn't understand the kingdom of God, and they missed the day of their visitation. So you're following Jesus along with the disciples for those three years, and we saw some stuff, right? He draws you into an upper room and he says, very soon, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be handed over to the chief priests and they're going to crucify me and I'm going to die. How do you feel? Like this was not in the three-year plan. And he begins to give you bread and he says, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. We do this here. He hands you a glass of wine and you're like, this should be grape juice, don't you know? But it's wine. And you drink it, he says, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you. And then what happens is a man named Judas gets up and walks out, and you're like, where's Judas going? But before long, you follow the Son of God to a garden, and he's praying, and he's sweating blood. And he goes, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And you're like, I'm just tired. I think I'll take a nap. But then he kicks you. <laughs> hey, why are you sleeping? Pray with me. But you get tired again. And not long after, a mob shows up calling for Jesus. You get scared, and you run, and you watch your Savior, your guy that you've been following for three years, get dragged into the house of the most religious people on the planet. Not long after, you hear they're going to crucify him. He dies. Where's your hope at? What are you feeling? That's what's happening in these women on this morning. They had followed Jesus. They had high hopes. This is it. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior. This is God himself. They had worshipped him. They had watched him walk on water. They had watched him raise people from the dead. They had watched him herald that he was the one true king. They'd watched it. And then he died, was put in a tomb, covered over with a stone, and Roman guards were put it there to watch over, to make sure the body wasn't stolen. So in a moment, angels then herald, he, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. What do you feel now? <laughs> she takes off, runs to Peter, runs as well, and then Peter runs back, and John actually runs back in his gospel and beats him. Just to see it. Is it true? 
And then they begin to marvel because who is Jesus? He is God in the flesh. But not only who is Jesus, what did Jesus do? What did he do? And I want you to, we just talked through all of it and I just kind of shared with you, what did he do? He healed and he saved and he forgave sin and he went to a cross and he said, I go here to pay for their sin. So Jesus wasn't hiding what he was doing. Jesus wasn't like, he, he never made any like, kind of like charade. I know why I'm here. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die a death. And I'm going to save my people from the sin that started in the garden. So that I can bring the restoration of all things here. But not only who and what, but why. And all these questions culminate in some statements that I, I want to challenge you if you believe them or not. And not only do you believe them, because if I say two plus two equals four, what do you say? You could say yes. Is it true? Two plus two equals four? So if I say Jesus Christ rose from the dead, yes? Okay, that's, that's one thing, a level of belief. But when Jesus calls us to follow him and believe in him, there's a confessing with our mouth. So you just confess with your mouth and there's a belief in the heart. I can tell you all day long, I believe Caesar was a real guy. That's a, a confession with my mouth. Uh, I can tell you that I believe that this chair will hold my weight. I can tell you that my car is safe to drive, but when would you know that I didn't just say it, but I believed it? When I sat in the chair, or I drove the car, or I walked out in faith and believed with all that I am. And so we believe in this church a few things, and there's more than these four, but if you know any creeds, if you know any statements, I wanna, I wanna challenge you to look at these and be like, does my life live these? We believe in the death and burial of Jesus Christ. I believe the Son of God was breathing, walking, living. And then in a moment, he stopped. And at that moment, the Son of God died. They stabbed a spear into his side to prove it. And then they wrapped his body for death and burial and put him into a tomb. God died. Put him in a tomb for my sin. We believe that. Once again, if I was in a repeating mood, I'd say, say it with me now. I just want to know if your life is heralding it or not. If that's true, we believe in the bodily death of Jesus Christ, that like he was dead and he was buried. We also then believe, we believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We believe that. Do you? You could put it in an I form. I believe that Jesus Christ bodily rose from the dead. And why did I put the word bodily in there? Because it's not spiritual. It's not figurative. It's not like, oh, he's just kind of like an example of how we're gonna rise up from the ashes and make a new way. No, like he was dead and his body rose from the dead where there was not breath or life. Three days later, and he walked out of the grave. 
And when he walked out, he took sin and broke it and said, you are no longer their master. I have conquered you. And death itself was crushed. It came in the garden and it was crushed in a garden. And Jesus is bodily alive, which means there's a man in heaven right now, a guy with a body. His name's Jesus. He's physical. Thomas was like, I won't believe it. Doubting Thomas, the guy whose name we don't want. He's like, I won't believe it until I touch it. What did Thomas touch? His wrists, his side, a physical body. He ate, he drank, he walked. And what is he offering right now? The Son of God is offering every person in this room that comes to him sin off of them. The curse that was put on you in the garden that came through Adam, through the second Adam, it was cut off. You are no longer sinners. You are righteousness. Bought with the blood of Jesus, which is more precious than any metal, any jewel, anything. Do you believe it? We believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. It wasn't spiritual, it was physical. And we believe he reigns in heaven now. Did you hear me? You ever have those weeks where you're like, are you doing anything? And I know that sounds sacrilegious. Do you hear me? He's sitting and reigning and ruling in heaven right now. There's not an atom out of place. There's no thing that he doesn't rightfully look over and go, that's mine created by me for myself. I rule it. it deserve, I deserve worth, like honor from it. And I believe that. We believe Jesus Christ will return. We believe that. Those four statements are four of about 20 I can make. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because ultimately, I'm gonna read one more verse and then we're gonna enter back into some worship and some prayer. Because ultimately, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 19 is gonna tell us something that's really important for our day and age. It says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sin. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Did you hear that? If Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, what are we doing? In fact, if you're a non-Christian in this room, why are you in this room right now? You're like, I don't know. I just wanted pancakes. Stop yelling at me. Well, the reality is all of history and all of culture shifted about 2,000 years ago. Why? Why? Could it be that this whole ruse of the resurrection wasn't a ruse, it really happened? That a man who claimed to be God and healed people and proclaimed salvation to the ends of the earth actually was dead in the ground and rose from the dead and we're still feeling the ripples of it right now. 
People have been gathering in that name, Jesus' name, ever since. So I want to I wanna push on a couple people in the room. You're like, push? Um, I not only believe Jesus is so alive that he can save you, I believe he's so alive that you can talk to him and he can talk to you. And so I was praying, and I was like, Lord, you know, Easter and Easter eggs, ah, like feeling all that. Hate weddings, you know. I felt like he's like, it's not so much that they haven't heard, it's that some of them are really hard of hearing. Meaning you've heard this before. Some of you have heard this. Some of you are about my age, I'm about 40. I've been hearing this message that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he can take my sin off of me since I was a wee little lad. I'm not Scottish and I don't know why I said that. I'm from Oxford. So I'm from Oxford, Ohio. (laughs) Since I was small. People have been telling me about this Jesus and how he walked the earth and how he was God in the flesh and how if I come to him in faith that he will make me born again and I'll be made new. I've been hearing that. And yet I keep meeting people that it seems like they're like, yeah, I know that and I know that like, oh, I have this hope for one day. No, there's, there's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And what I began to picture is, is a bunch of you in this room, uh, you wanted him to save you. And he did. And yet there's these dead parts of your life. And I began to picture men, and I, and I think, I don't know why, but men who just, you hate your life. And I began to picture a man that is working really hard and over here in his head, he's got this functional understanding, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he, he loves me, he saves me, and yeah, one day I hope I get to go to heaven, but right now, really sucks. And I picture you go to work every day and you eat your food and you're tired and you're kind of just mad about it. And I actually even pictured you just like taking pills to like ease the pain of life. And I don't know if that's a real person. I just think we claim a lot in Christianity. We claim that Jesus Christ is the answer to all the earth's woes. That his death, burial, and resurrection is the answer to the problem of humanity. And then we all go and come and we come on church day and Easter day and we go, uh, yeah, resurrection, he is risen. He's risen indeed. But we never let the risen Jesus come to the dead parts of our life. And we give him the dead parts and we go, make it alive. Because I believe the resurrected Jesus and what he does is not only does he just give you a hope for the future, he imbues right now with hope, life, peace, all of it, with the power of God. And some of you, you will say with your mouth today that yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but you haven't actually let him enter your heart. You haven't actually let him make you new. You actually are still holding part of you, and I think he's bidding you come. Church kids, I'm talking to you. Bid you come and give him the parts of you that go, I hate life, and I'm tired and I'm bitter, and I don't feel joy, and I, I, these stupid kids, all the stuff we say, but we don't say it out loud because then people judge you. The living son of God knows that. And I think he's like, it's not so much they haven't heard this message, it's that they've gone like this. And they're not, they're not actually entering into it. There's a second group of people. Um, 
and it, it was in the form of a question, and, I, and I, it was kind of this question. When are we going to ask, what's God like? And not what is he like in his characteristics, but what's he enjoy, what's he want? And now this is going to sound like I'm slapping you on the hand. Some of y'all's problems is that you think about you way too much. In heaven right now, who are they fascinated with? In heaven right now, who's ruling? You're in church, just yell Jesus. Jesus is. Jesus is. And the best news I can give you is that this whole thing, this church service, this earth, this world is not about you. And the reason some of you are so disgruntled and so unhappy is because you want it to be. And it's not. And there is freedom in making Jesus what it's about. And it doesn't sound like it. He was like, if I give him everything, I'll lose the Labradoodle and white picket fence and save kids. But you get the living son of God who created all of life. And so I'm not mad at you, but I think there's freedom for a lot of people in this room. People that have heard about Jesus a long time, but you're kind of holding back from him. And then people in here, maybe you've never given anything to Jesus. Maybe you're here because mom said, I just want my kids in church on Easter. And you're like, gosh, mom, okay. I have a mom, I understand this. But if I was to say, this isn't about you, what do you feel? And what I mean is, all week long, I heard Christians, good-meaning ones, be like, oh, there's going to be non-Christians here this week. Uh, make it good for them. This isn't about you. None of this. In fact, the thing I told the band today was, you're not singing for them. You are singing to the one that rose from the dead 2,000 years ago and who is worthy of any song that you would sing. I'm actually not, I'm talking to you, but I'm not talking for you. I'm talking to one guy, and I, I get done with this, and you all go, I didn't like that. I wanted it to be chipper. I wanted him to toss Easter eggs out of his arms to the children. I wanted laughing and shouting. I wanted he had risen. He's risen indeed. I don't care about any of that. I care about, did you get Jesus Christ? Because he's the only thing in all of creation. When this ends and he comes back, there is judgment if we do not have him and you must have him. Do you feel it? So if you like the service or not, if you had a good pancake or a burnt pancake, there's eternity at stake. Give Jesus everything. It's the best thing I got. It's the only thing I got. If he didn't rise from the dead, I need a new profession. If he didn't rise from the dead, why are we here? If he didn't rise from the dead, then you're still in your sins, and so am I, and we are to be pitied. You know what pity looks like? Oh, poor babe. It's when they say, bless your heart, and they really mean you're an idiot. That. But he did rise from the dead. He is alive right now. And if you come to him right now and go, Jesus, I got sin. I got brokenness. I got ugliness. I don't like my life. I need hope. He does it. But that's still not about you. That's about him and how good he is. He's so good, guys. Can we give Jesus worship right now? Will you give him your life? And maybe you're in here and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I just know that I feel busted. And when you said, hey, I don't like my life, that's me, buddy. Well, I want you to sit here 
And I want you to contemplate that Jesus Christ was the son of God. That he died and went to the grave to save you from that life. But not so you can have a better version of your life, so you can have his life. So will you just take a posture of prayer and the band's gonna come up and I'm gonna start praying and we're gonna start worshiping. And while we do, after the first song, some people are gonna come up here in the left and right. They're prayer teams. They're not like special people, but they're people that we like, we kind of train them to pray. And if you wanna give everything that you are to Jesus, I want you to come up, even in the middle of the song, and, and get prayer. If you're here and you're a Christian, you're like, I'm, I put my, I've been holding back from you, and you wanna come up here and just worship with abandon. This is about Jesus, or it's not worth doing. And so, Father, we give you our attention, and Jesus, you are the king. You are the anthem of heaven. You are the worthy lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And we have gathered today not to figuratively herald that, but to actually enter into worshiping the living Jesus. So church, I want you to picture like it's the garden on Easter morning and you're with the women because you're a disciple and you're a follower of Jesus. And you go there and the tomb is rolled, the stone is rolled away and you look in and there's just a piece of cloth that used to wrap his body. And then there's two angels, two dazzling dressed in white angels and they say, he's not here, he's risen. And as you turn around, you see a guy that kind of resembles a gardener. And you go, where did you take his body? And he says your name. And you realize that it's Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And he's bidding you come. If you've never been saved or born again, he says, come to me and I'll give you rest for your souls and make you new. If you're hating your life, he says, come here. I want to give you new life. Do you go to Jesus or do you pull back? If you are a Christian in this room and you see the resurrected Jesus, I want you to worship him right now. Don't look at the room. Don't care about the dinner after this. Jesus is the worth, the worthy one. And we're gonna enter into worship just right there. I'm gonna leave you right there. And as we start to worship, if that leads you to kneel or to stand or to sit or to lay down or to throw your hands or to shout in praise, that's how we're gonna spend this Easter, shouting and worshiping this Jesus. And then I'll come back up after about this first song and I'll invite you to come get prayer or to come give your life to Jesus. Let's worship him, huh? I hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you would like more information, you can find us at www.cobblestonechurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.